Well, everybody, welcome back for another week of Scriptures Revealed. I am so, so excited about the Word of God. I'm so excited about your lives being transformed by the Word. And I am excited about all of you all that have decided to join this journey with me in allowing the Word of God to change us. I pray that my heart's desire is that by the time you made it to this episode, or even if you have just joined us a week ago or just joined us this week, I am praying weekly that as a result of these episodes that we are all falling more in love with Jesus and we're falling more in love with his word and we're coming into a greater revelation, a greater understanding of who the God man is in our life. He is marvelous. He is wonderful. He is kind. He is merciful. He is full of compassion. And I'm going to stop right there because I can go into full blood worship, just thinking about who he is, how he is, because of his greatness, because of his magnificence. He, he's just amazing. And again, the whole point and the aim of the book was that Paul wanted to write to the church of Ephesus because something was coming. All right, putting that back in the forefront of your mind, Paul was writing to this church because something was coming. An attack was coming on this church to make them forget about how much Jesus loved them. And it was going to make them forget that they needed to surrender to him in order to experience the full benefits of Christianity. There is no Christianity without surrender. I want to tell you that I don't care what gospel has been preached. I just like Paul declare, if anybody preaches to you any other gospel, let them be accursed because there is only one gospel. And we're going to uh, jump into that more so today. But there is only one gospel. And so if anybody is preaching to you a gospel without blood and a gospel without surrender and a gospel without obedience and a gospel without love and a gospel without holiness and a gospel without righteousness, it is not the gospel of Jesus. Christ. It is not good news. The good news is no matter how poor you are, no matter how wretched you are, no matter how filthy you are, no matter how dirty you are, no matter how many times you have failed, no matter what family you were born in, the good news is that you can be born again and born again of the seed of God, the incorruptible seed, the imperishable seed, the mighty seed, the most powerful seed there is. It is the seed of God and you can be born again of that seed and be totally and radically changed and transformed as you allow that seed, that image, that salvation, that gospel to work inwardly until it starts showing up outwardly and all of our lives can be changed and transformed. It is marvelous what the word of God can do with the surrendered heart. Now, Again, before we jump into back into Ephesians chapter four, um, we're almost finished with this chapter because I'm telling you guys, we are going to finish Ephesians this year. <laughs> we're going to get through it. Uh, but I just want to remind you guys, thank you so much for joining me every week. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends, your followers, your networks. We are growing and I am excited about it and not for the sake of growth. That's not what makes me excited. What makes me excited is I know the power of the world. 
word. And I know that the more the word of God can renew minds, the more the kingdom of God can advance in the earth. And so the more people that are listening to the word, the more people that are being changed by the word and the more people that are falling in love with Jesus. We learned weeks ago that when you teach and preach the kingdom, it is a spiritual warfare tactic. So we are doing war moves by sharing this. I'm doing a war move by teaching this, not by yelling and screaming and, 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 and flying in hel- helicopters and blowing shofars over the land. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to do a spiritual war tactic that the apostle Paul did. He preached and he taught the kingdom. And as he did it, it, it came against us demonic spirits that were in Ephesus. It pulled down principalities that were in Ephesus. He won the spiritual victory over all demonic forces because he taught the kingdom. He preached the kingdom because the word of God is powerful enough to win your battles. I'm going to say that to you again. The word of God alone is enough to win every battle you have ever encountered and every battle you will encounter because even worship sedates the heart so that it, it, your heart finds it easy to believe the word so that you can win. Fasting, it, it crucifies or it enforces the death of the flesh so that you can believe the word of God. All of these other things that, that we do to try to get victory is all about bringing the heart into a place where it can fully be persuaded that what God said, God meant. And what God said, he will do. And what God said has already been accomplished. And so that is the power of the word of God. So thank you guys for joining me. Don't forget, this is uh, uh last week, actually a few more days until the actual release of my new book on October 19th of Unsearchable, an exposition of Ephesians volume one. You can go to my website, rickywatsonjr.com and get your book now by pre-ordering it. Uh, the, uh, you guys have been doing it you guys have been ordering it. it it i'm just excited about all of it because i know the power of the word so don't forget to do that uh, don't forget to get your copy uh on you can pre-order now on my website and then it after the release is going to be available on multiple sites, multiple venues, and you can get it and access it and let the word of God change your life. So don't forget to do that for me. Don't forget to share that information. And so all of us can be changed and transformed by the power of the word. Now, going into Ephesians chapter four, going to Ephesians four. And last week we talked about the transfer. Last week, we talked about how when you get into Ephesians 4 and you have the list that a lot of people like to call the fivefold ministry gifts. It is the fivefold offices. When in actuality, if you keep the scriptures in context, Paul is not talking about offices at all. When you get to Ephesians 4, he's not talking about the office of the apostle, though it is it is an office. He's not talking about the office of the prophet, though it is an office. If you want Paul's theology on the offices, you've got to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But in Ephesians 4, Paul is not giving us a theology of governmental offices in the kingdom. What he's giving us is a theology of the graces, of civilian graces that Jesus has given to every member of the body of Christ. And every member has access to at least 
one of those graces because it's going to help them fulfill their calling and purpose in the earth. Now, we're going to delve more into calling and purpose today to draw a clearer picture for you. But I want us to be on the same page about that. Now, now, if you missed last week's episode, you do yourself a favor and go back and listen. And if you heard it already, go back and listen again. It is life changing. It's going to help you better understand, not just Ephesians 4, it's going to help you better understand how to find your purpose, how to find your calling, how to find your anointing and your grace, and how to stay in that lane. And if you use your grace, you're going to find more fulfillment and fruitfulness in life. So that was last week. Now we're moving into the purpose of those ministry gifts, the purpose of the, uh, or those ministry gifts of graces, these ministry graces, these ministerial graces, because what I want everybody to understand is if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, you are called to minister in some way, in some fashion, and in some form. You are a minister. And, and another word for a minister is servant. You are a servant. You are supposed to be serving somebody somewhere. You're ultimately serving the Lord, but you're you're demonstrating that in some way, some fashion, some form. You are a servant. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. How did Jesus fulfill his purpose? Listen to me. How did Jesus fulfill his purpose? How did Jesus walk out his destiny? How did Jesus make sure that when he died, he had done everything that God had called him to do? How did he do it? Of course, he was raised from the dead. (laughs) But how did Jesus do it? The Bible says he did it through the act and the ministry of being a servant. And Jesus understood that if I serve the Lord by serving you, I'm going to fulfill purpose. If I serve the Lord by serving you, I'm going to fulfill my destiny. And it's exactly what we're going to learn today in Ephesians. So go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start uh, in verse 12. Because we concluded in verse 11 all of the grace gifts. Then verse 12 says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now again, in order to understand scripture, you've got to keep scripture in context and you've got to let scripture interpret scripture. Now, a lot of times when people say that, it, it just irritates the mess out of me. <laughs> it's because I don't like for people to say they let scripture interpret scripture. And then when they interpret it, they use their tradition. They use their own motives. They use their own end goals and twisting of scriptures to interpret a scripture. No, just let the scripture interpret itself and just keep the scripture in context. Not in the context of your Methodist background, not in the context of your Baptist background, not in the context of your Pentecostal background. Keep it in the the context of what, how it was written, who it was written to, keep it in the context. So if you keep that scripture in context, you're learning here that the purpose of these grace gifts is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's not a, a, a level thing, in a, for the lack of a better word. The, all three of these things is the purpose of your gift. So watch this. If you are going to operate in your purpose and your calling, the why does God want us to operate in our graces? It's because, number one, it's going to bring perfection to the saints. It's going to bring you into fulfillment and completion. It's bringing you to a place of completion. See, if you live your life day in, day out, 
that you just don't feel fulfilled, I guarantee you, you are not utilizing the grace that has been given to you. You're trying to do something like somebody else. You're trying to do something that you just aren't graced to do. You're trying to do something that just is not been designated for your life. But when you find your grace and you move in that grace, no matter where you move in that grace at end, whether you move in that grace in a hospital, in a nursing home, in a courtroom, uh, uh, on a bus, driving a bus, whatever you do, if you've got to use the grace of God given to you, and the more you use that grace, the more you're going to be perfected, the more you're going to be brought into completion, the more you're going to live a fulfilled life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly, but you're never going to live a fulfilled life. If you do not operate in your grace, see, we think that uh, I will be more fulfilled and I will be more complete if I got the spouse that I wanted, if I made the type of money that I wanted, if I drove the type of car that I wanted, if I lived in the type of house that I wanted to live in, if I lived in the country I wanted to, if I lived on the mountains or if I lived on the beach. What? No, how you bring yourself to living a fulfilled life is operate in your grace. God has given you an anointing. Use it. God has given you an ability. Use it. And the more you use it, the more you're going to find fulfillment. All right. Number two is it's for the work of the ministry. What is that? It's so that you can serve. Remember, we talked about servanthood and service. The purpose of your gift is so that you can be a servant. Jesus said, that's how I did mine. That's how I fulfilled my purpose. That's how I walked in my destiny is I lived to serve. I didn't live to be walked on. I didn't live to be condemned. I didn't live to be looked down on. Mm -mm. I lived to serve. I lived to serve. So Jesus said, hey, I got a gift of healing. I'm going to use it to serve. Hey, I have a pastoral anointing on my life. I'm going to use it to serve. I have a teaching grace on my life. I'm going to use it to serve. And if I use it to serve, I'm going to find myself in purpose. If I use it to serve, I'm going to find myself feeling, living the most fulfilling life I possibly could live. And then the latter part is for the edifying of the body of Christ or the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. Now, what are we building? You go back over into Ephesians chapter two and you learn that the whole building is that we are building ourselves into a habitation of God. We are building up ourselves so that we look like Christ in the earth. That is the whole goal, your whole purpose, your whole destiny. And whatever way it looks is to look like Christ on the earth. I don't care what your purpose is. I don't care what your calling is. The root of it all is that God has called you to look like Jesus in the earth. You are supposed to look like him. You're supposed to talk like him. You're supposed to behave like him. You're supposed to do miracles like him. You are the image of Christ in the earth. Now, Paul is going to continue to unfold this for us. Now, watch this. He says, I want you to move in your graces, move in your callings, move in your anointings. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now, what this verse is telling us is the reason why Christ has not fully been manifested on the earth. The reason why Jesus rose from the dead and said, all power and authority has been given to me. Now, you guys go. 
I'm, I'm releasing that authority. I'm giving you all delegated authority to take the nations over and to make disciples of nations. The reason why we have not seen this manifest, it is not the devil's fault. It is not God's fault. The reason is because we don't have people in their right places flowing and moving in their graces. You've got to find your place and you've got to learn to move in your grace. You've got to find your place and you've got to learn to move in your grace. Because the more you do that, the more you are helping the body of Christ come together. And more and more daily, we are morphing into the very image of Christ. We are growing into the very image of Christ. We are being transformed into the image. I want you to think about that for a second. Think about that. That is, It really is possible for you. This is your possibility. It is really possible for you to be totally, radically transformed into the image of Christ. It really, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your hangups are. I don't care. This is why it's good news. <laughs> I don't care what your background is. I don't care what's in your bloodline. I don't care what is attached to your last name. Once you surrender your life to him and once you fall in love with him, you have the possibility of being transformed into the very image of God and to the very image of Christ until you look like Christ on the earth. That's that's all Paul is saying here. Verse 14, he said, because if we get there, if we start being transformed into his image, what's going to happen? Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Now, here in this verse, we find something that I've constantly prayed for years is, God, I do not want to be deceived. I want to know you and I want to know you for real. I want to know what you think about matters. I don't want to be deceived and create my own theology, create my own doctrine that has nothing to do with the way you think. Because listen to me, doctrine, your doctrine about whatever should be, should be based on what God thinks about a matter. Your doctrine on healing should not be based on tradition. It should be based on what does God think about it. Your doctrine on prosperity should not be based on tradition. It should be, it should be based on what does God think about it. Your doctrine on sanctification and righteousness and holiness and being a new creature in Christ Jesus and ruling and reigning and authority. All of those doctrines should not be based on religion, should not be based on your tradition. It should be based on what does God think about it. And here in verse 14, Paul says, you want to know how to get your life to a place where you're not so easily deceived how to get your life to a place where you're not changing your doctrine every month or every week or every day based on who's preaching in the pulpit at sunday how do you get there is you begin to grow and you begin to be transformed into the image of christ how do you get that you're going back to what i said in the beginning you find your place and you move in your grace and the more you find your place and move in your grace paul is saying you're going to start building the body you're going to start to being transformed watch this because anybody that's flowing in grace in their graces and it's not affecting their character you're going to easily find yourself in witchcraft you easily find yourself in witchcraft because you're not being a servant of god with bad character we don't want your gifts served to us on the platter of bad character 
Mm -mm. God doesn't want it. What he wants is when you move, when you find your place and move in your grace, it's going to affect your character. When you're serving the Lord, it's going to affect your attitudes. When you're serving the Lord, it's going to affect your ability to submit and honor a delegated authority. It's going to affect your ability to say no to sin. Why? Because I, my focus and my aim is to find my place and move in my grace. So therefore, my focus and my aim does it no longer is sin. It no longer is the vomit that I that I left in my old life. No, I am growing in character. I'm growing in in holiness. I'm growing in the image of Christ because I'm finding my place and I'm growing in my grace. See people who who teach that, hey, don't don't teach on gifts, don't teach on graces because you know we got a lot of people that flow in gifts and have bad character where they're they're not serving with their gift. They have an ability, they have a talent, they have a skill, but they're not serving their gift. They're using it, but they're not using it to serve. They're using it to heal old wounds, and they're using it to stroke their ego, and they're using it to placate the fact that uh, they did not have something while growing up. But when you use your gift to serve, character development is going to be a byproduct if you use your gift to serve, not to platform yourself. Not to promote yourself, not to elevate yourself. I'm using my gift, my graces, my anointing, my calling to serve. And the more I do that, the more I'm going to be transformed into the image of Christ. And the more I'm going to keep myself away from deception. All right. Look at verse 15. But speaking the truth and love may grow up into him and all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. You have a supply. That's what this verse is saying. This scripture is saying every joint, every part of the body of Christ has a supply. You are supposed to be giving something daily. Because what you give is going to help us grow into that perfect man. And grow into the image of Christ in the earth. He said, every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That is the purpose of your gift. That is the purpose of your grace. The purpose of last week, we learned how to locate and find your grace. This week was about why am I using the grace on my life? I'm using it to serve. I'm using it so that as I'm serving people, I'm going to live the most fulfilling life I could live. As I'm serving people, I'm giving God a habitation on the earth. The body, the body of Christ. Listen, I said this on another episode, but it it is worth repeating. When Jesus walked the planet earth, he needed a body. It is one of the laws that God has put in motion for the earth. That anybody who walks the earth, you need a body to be here legally. You need a body. That's why when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get baptized with the Holy Ghost. What what happens? The Holy Spirit, he's filling you up on the inside because the Holy Ghost needs a body on the earth. Now, Jesus had a body when he walked the earth, when he went to the cross and died, when he rose from the dead and he ascended back to heaven. God had given him all authority and power in the earth. But in order for that authority to be executed, in order for that authority to be demonstrated in the earth, Jesus still needed a body. And so what God did was this time, son, I'm not going to give you a physical body so that you can only be in one place at one time. I'm going to give you a spiritual body on the earth. 
And why I'm giving you this spiritual body, son, is so that you can execute your authority in the earth. So, son, yeah, you're seated at the right hand of the father, but I'm going to give you a body so that you can still cast out devils on the earth. You can still heal the sick. You can still raise the dead. You can still multiply food. You can still be a pastor to lost sheep. You can still be an apostle that retrieves lost things. You can still be a prophet that reveals my will and my mind. You can still be a teacher that will instruct people on my culture and my precepts and my statutes and, 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 and my ordinances. You can still be an evangelist that will go find the woman at the well and bring her into my kingdom. You can still do that, son. It's just now you're not going to do it through a physical body. You're going to do it through a spiritual body. So we're back on you. Why is your grace important? Why is your calling important? Why is your purpose important? Why do you need to find it and to move in it? Because you are part of God's answer to Jesus. You are part of God's answer to Jesus. God wants Jesus to still have access to the earth. And the way he is giving him access is he is he has given Jesus access to the earth through you. Yeah, that's why you work where you work, because Jesus needs access to that place. That's why you're in the family you were born in, because Jesus wants access to your family. That's why you're in the school you're in, because Jesus wants access to that university. That is why you are in the city you are in is because Jesus wants access to that city. You are a member of the spiritual body of Christ. Use your grace. Find your place. Find your place. Move in your grace and let the image of Christ begin to radically and ultimately without boundaries, without limitations, begin to change this world. Do it until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of our God. Now, I hope this blessed you. Hope it gave you some insight. Hope it inspired you about how you need to find your place, move in your grace, and let the image of Christ be showcased in your life daily so that you can be an instrument and a vessel that God used to communicate to the world. Now, Guys, we're out of time. Thank you guys for joining me this week. Again, don't forget to leave your rating, leave your reviews, comment on my social media posts. Let me know how these episodes are blessing you and how they are bringing light, transformation, and, and conformity in your life to the image of Christ. I hope this week we begin to infiltrate every area of life that all of my listeners are in. Let everybody see Christ this week. Let everybody encounter God this week. And not just God in character, but God God in power and not just God in power, but God in righteousness and not just God in righteousness, but God in holiness. Let 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 the world encounter Christ because you have been molded and transformed into his very image. Don't forget to visit my website, rickywatsonjr.com. You want to stay up to date on what's going on, your pre-orders in, the book that I have coming out. It is going to bless your life. I promise you it is. Thank you guys for joining me and I'll see you, all of you same time, same place next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.